Like, what is a nilly? Oh yeah, let's let's talk about that. Because it's not even a word, right? That's we made, okay, a word now. It is. It is now. <laughs> we completely made this word up. Happy game day. Happy game day. We are recording this first episode of the Name Image Likeness podcast on a college football game day. That is so fun. Welcome to Name Image Likeness. We are a podcast dedicated to the NIL world. Student athletes are now empowered to profit from the sale of their name, image, and likeness, and we want to talk about it. I'm Wheeler. And I'm Chrissy. This is our first episode. Like we said, we just wanted to spend this time introducing ourselves and the topics that we'll cover. And in future episodes, we'll have guests and we'll give our own take on what is unfolding in this NIL world. But to do anything well, you have to start with a strong foundation. And we know that many of you out there listening already have a pretty decent idea about this world, but for this podcast, we're going to take a pretty deep dive into name image likeness. And um, so we're just going to kind of set the groundwork Mm -hmm. for what we'll be doing. So um, to start, I'll let Wheeler kind of kick it off to a little about who we are and what we do and and what we're going to be covering. Yeah, so Chrissy and I, we are on the Victify NIL compliance team. We spend our days studying the rapidly changing world of NIL. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're on the internet. We're looking for articles. We're just trying to find really cool things that, you know, it's in this space. And we want to share it with you and, you know, kind of find and filter what's good and what's not. Um, our company, Victrify, partners with collegiate athletic programs to help them maintain compliance in the NIL legislation world. So basically, we help schools maintain compliance. We help them provide educational content related to financial literacy and life skills, and we make tools that uh, help student-athletes disclose contracts. You know, it makes that process really easy. So, um, you know, that's kind of what we do in, in Victrify. It's a new company, and we're so excited. It's a cool space to be in here, and, and we're really excited to start this podcast and share news with you guys. Absolutely. So. It's just an exciting time, and uh, yeah. we love exploring it. We thought other people would like to learn a little bit from us, and we can we could talk through everything. Yeah, it's win-win. It really is. Um so kind of, Chrissy, you want to go on and move forward? So topic Absolutely, one. Absolutely, Wheeler. Yeah, so we want to talk about just in general the history of the NCAA. So we'll start very basic here. Um, the NCAA was actually formed over 100 years ago. In 1905, uh, Theodore Roosevelt and... Um, Teddy. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> A.K.A. Ted, Teddy, Tedster. Um, he formulated this this organization as a response to... One particular season in football where in 1905, I, I guess it was the 1905 season, could have been the 1904. I'm surprised it's not talked about more because in this particular season, there were 18 deaths and 149 <laughs> oh serious my injuries. Oh, word. It blew my mind. 18 <laughs> wow. deaths? Are you kidding me? So, of course, the response. I mean, I shouldn't laugh. That's horrible. That's it's awful. It's not funny. Yeah, but, it, but it's number. like, are you kidding? Um, so that response there was justified. Either... You know, shut the sport down, football, <laughs> gone forever, or let's uh, let's come together, let's bring the schools that want to compete together and create a, a body, an organization that can, you know, regulate this, this playing field. So the NCAA kind of started off as a player safety issue, and then it kind of grew into, because once the schools joined, the organization grew, um, it kind of grew into a more of a way to respond to amateurism. And so these student-athletes wanted to maintain their their status as students and as amateurs and that's kind of what the NCAA was mostly I wouldn't say obsessed with but that was like their primary (laughs) their chief cause over the years (laughs) Um, so in the 1950s 
uh, the NCAA actually kind of started allowing student athletes to receive a little bit of benefit, some money. So um, they could receive money for tuition, board, books, room. They could start getting paid to go to school for school-related activities. Um, and then later on, we'll kind of learn, Chris is going to speak about it in a little bit, but that wasn't really enough. So the I guess you could kind of say the scope of the NCAA kept growing. College football, college sports in general are huge now. I, I don't know if they can imagine how big it would have been when no. it all started. I mean, you know, 100,000 stadiums everywhere. People would, <laughs> just spending money. So student-athletes now wanted to earn a kind of their piece of the of the pie, you know, they wanted their share of everything. And so, um, yeah, now student-athletes can receive in money for their name, image, and likeness. So they are individuals. Uh, they have to follow certain rules, and we'll see that it's pretty broad. Um, but there are some specific things they need to watch out for. But, yes, at this moment, NCAA has said, you know what, student-athletes, Division One, Division Two, Division Three, all divisions – you can receive income, and it's okay for your name, image, likeness. So I, I found that super interesting. I found that really, really cool. And, um, yeah, that's kind of a background, a little, you know, the history of the NCAA, how that started. That's excellent. Um, we also kind of wanted to touch on players that influenced the NCAA to make this, this you know, interim decision and ruling. So uh, just a little bit of information here. There have been lawsuits in the past from student athletes who – claim that the NCAA and its colleges were really profiting off of student-athletes' name and likeness. So, for example, the NCAA video games. Um, but, you know, none of the athletes were receiving compensation, like Wheeler said, because up until this year, that was not possible. So, Wheeler, you know, like, you know a little, a little anecdote, little information <laughs> yeah. to pepper in about this. What, what can you share? Well, yeah, so I, um, I guess it's... Uh, maybe I don't want to say this out loud, but <laughs> I was intimately familiar with that video game. I loved that game. You know, I grew up playing with my friends in NCAA football, but it went away and partly went away due to the lawsuits. You know, student athletes wanted to get paid and nobody was in a position to do that and student athletes couldn't receive money. So it just was, uh, all right, the answer to this solution is to just shut it down. Mm-hmm. Um, but in case the viewers out there care at all, it's coming back. So they, NCAA, <laughs> yeah, I don't have time to play anymore, but you know, at least people can, because it was such a fun experience playing around as your, as your favorite college student, as your favorite team. It was so cool. Um, but yeah, sorry, my quick antidote about this is, um, the collegiate licensing company is being, is who is helping them bring these, these schools together, the bands together, the images, the likenesses of the actual schools um, there's already somebody in place. It's the CLC, and it was a company founded by Bill Battle. Um, he's out of Selma, born in Selma, Alabama, but he's a guy. He was a former coach at Tennessee at 29. He's an athletic director at Alabama, um, just like an outstanding person. And what's really interesting about him is that his father, um, Bill Battle, was um, the athletic director at Birmingham Southern, and he, the, I played basketball at Birmingham Southern, so that's kind of what brought it all together. Um, I played in the Battle of the Coliseum, the Battle Coliseum, and, and you know, found it after him. So his company actually was the one that actually brings all these schools together. He founded That's it. That's great. His first, uh, you know, person to license was the, the man that he played under football for, Bear Bryant. Woo-woo. <laughs> so um, really cool, yeah. So, you know, it's interesting to see that there are licensing agreements in place elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So, it's you know, it's been around. That, that was in the 80s when this company was founded. So it only makes sense that... 
students eventually are going to get it too. Mm -hmm. And it only took 30 years to get to it, mm -hmm. but we're here now. And, uh, wow, 40 years. <laughs> Time's flying. Wow, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's wild. It's 40 wild. years since the 80s almost, but... Uh, yeah, so that's that's the story. Awesome. So a little bit more of the influence on the NCAA. California's Fair Pay to Play Act also really kicked things off. It really did. Absolutely. And, you know, the NCAA obviously was already aware that players were a little disgruntled that they weren't being paid and others were profiting off of their name, image, and likeness. So 2019 comes around. This California Act is signed into law and it doesn't take effect till 2023. But when it was signed, it went directly against those amateurism rules that you were talking about, Wheeler. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because student athletes could not receive any payments connected to their status as college athletes. So... Obviously, that was an issue. After this was signed, the NCAA did indicate that it would start thinking about relaxing limitation on, limitations on college athletes. But, you know, obviously, what does that mean? It's who knows. Um, but their arm was twisted when several other states decided to pass their own laws or executive orders were signed that went into effect in 2021. And so right. all of a sudden, the NCAA was like, oh, my gosh. I, we have to do something. We can't just not rule against anything. Um, and so that's kind of where this interim policy came from as well. They were just forced into a corner. They had to make some kind of ruling. Um, but, but yeah, so that, that's super interesting. Yeah, I mean, they were the, the governing body for, you know, over 100 years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the decision was put in their plate, and they weren't ready for it. Absolutely. So what does this mean for student-athletes? Really? What all can they do? Well, you know, student athletes now can in sign endorsement deals. Um, what else? They can monetize their social media presences, mm -hmm. and they can do cool things like teach camps. Um, which you know, student athletes reaching out to the community. That is making lovely. a little bit of money. Nothing you know, is better than that. Creating some role models. I think there's gonna be so many cool things that come from that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, hire agents. That's interesting. So mm -hmm. now you can hire somebody to represent you for your business ventures because, you know, you're gonna be signing contracts. You're gonna be going into um, some legal obligations if these student athletes sign with some companies to, you know, exchange goods and services for some kind of action. Mm -hmm. um, there's going to be a contract on the line, and, and these student athletes maybe have never signed a contract before. Yeah. I don't know. You know, we were talking. We kind of joke about it. I wonder if they've even signed a lease. No, I mean, at that age, like that, basically, that is so much pressure on the athletes, and that's why a lot of these states are requiring, I mean, everyone really, disclosures. You have to disclose your contract with the school. Right. You have to share it with someone who's going to check your, who's going to check these contracts. I know, Wheeler, you and I were having a conversation off mic earlier about student athletes, you know, maybe they have to sign, they agree some mom and pop company has contacted them. They're going to do a social media post about a local mm -hmm. car wash and they don't read this contract and they don't realize, oh, I'm getting $100, but I'm going to have to do 20 revisions on this Instagram post. Is that worth it? You know, even just little tiny things with this contract or does this company get some kind of stake in, in their future or what are you signing? Who's reviewing it? There's there's just so much to think about as this unfolds. Right. And so I wonder if that's going to kind of lean you towards, you know, kind of bigger deals, more bulk deals, kind mm -hmm. of things you can... Um, you understand what you're going to get into versus taking more smaller deals that, mm -hmm. you know, if you, you get one long-term contract that, that everything's kind of lined out with and you can sit down with somebody and go through it, that might make more sense for the student athlete than taking 50 small deals with mm -hmm. mom and pops. I mean, it's things that like different contracts have to sign, different rules. 
that might be something you know you see later on. It's gonna be interesting to see how these student athletes like what they gravitate towards, Absolutely. or if it's just money in general. And, Absolutely. You know, I've been, you know, reading, reading a contract, signing it. If you get paid, you're going to find time I would be tempted to do a lot. <laughs> I'm sit down if and, I was yeah. that age there, giving me money. I'm going to find a way to get the money, right? So <laughs> absolutely. I think we're going to see some really cool things come from this. Um, I think uh, you do too. Absolutely. I guess in a nutshell, uh, just to kind of go over the policy a little tiny bit more, um, the interim policy from the NCAA says that athletes can engage in NIL activities that are lawful within individual states. If a state does not have NIL legislation, because obviously they all do not um, as of yet, the athletes can still take advantage of NIL right. opportunities, so they're not prohibited. And all athletes, like you mentioned earlier, can use professional services. Um, student athletes have to report their NIL activity according to state requirements. And so, you know, this is pretty broad. This temporary, <laughs> this temporary policy is going to remain in place until... You know, there's they're trying to have federal legislation that will kind of cover the whole country until something's in place there, or new NCAA rules are adopted. Um, but they, under these new policies, schools and conferences can choose to adopt their own additional policies. So there's a lot of freedom here. You know, um, it's a lot of trust in absolutely. the organizations that do it right, and I I believe you'll see it right. Mm-hmm. What do you? I mean, do you see? I mean, the schools that we're the schools we're speaking to now. And the student athletes, everyone seems to have great intentions. There, right. this is such, and that's part of why we're doing this podcast. It's such an exciting world, and everyone wants to take advantage of it. Everyone is hungry to learn more. You know, we receive dozens of calls a week just from student athletes themselves, not even from from schools. You know, schools obviously are are way very interested, but student athletes want to learn more. Everyone's wanting to take advantage of this, do it the right way. No one wants to get punished. We've already seen a few student athletes that have had negative consequences. You know, we're in Georgia, so you know, Georgia's had some some impact. And um, I just think people want to do this right. We'll right. see. Obviously, there's always some nefarious actors. Well, and you also don't really think about all the time these the people working in the athletic departments for these these collegiate mm-hmm. the colleges. Yeah, they're people too. They have jobs. They don't want to lose their job over no. doing something wrong. I mean, no. they they are lawyers. Oftentimes, they they're graduates. They have their reputation. They're professionals. They, they don't want to show up and, and have a, no. you know a bad mark for their school that's going to last and, no. and you know, flex poorly on them. So everybody, yeah, for the most part, people want to follow the rules. They want to do things right. The rules are broad. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, it comes down to just disclosing your activities and following some basic rules. We like to say it's uh, you know no sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Student athletes, <laughs> you need to you need yeah. to stay away from from e-cigarettes. You need to stay away from from tobacco products, um, you know marijuana, drugs in general, paraphernalia. Stay away from endorsing any kind of that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and you'll be okay for the most part. It's what we've seen so far. Absolutely. So, you know, stick with the mom and pop. Stick with the barbecue <laughs> joints. Stick with the uh, Ubers. The world. I don't know. <laughs> But, um, yeah, stay away from the E6. Absolutely. Okay, so which states, of those that have become effective in 2021, yeah. which states are you personally most excited to follow? So I'm going to go in. I have two. Okay. Georgia. Duh. Right. Uh, yeah, Big Chafai is headquartered in yeah. Savannah, Georgia. So it's local. I'm going to follow that. It's going to mm-hmm. be fun. And um, not too far away, maybe it's kind of boring, Alabama. So I play basketball in Alabama. Um, you know, I cheer for Auburn University is my, my favorite team. Uh, my rival Alabama is in the state. I don't know if you've heard of them. They're pretty decent right now. Which is where I went to college. Yes. So 
it's it's tough. Uh, this podcast is over now. I'm leaving. We've had one episode. I'm taking my stuff and going home. <laughs> this is the last episode, folks. Um, no, so I'm, I'm interested in, in Georgia and Alabama, kind of seeing how how it plays out there, just because of proximity to me, and selfishly because I you know played ball in Alabama and um, I have teams that I follow closely there. So just kind of seeing what how it all shakes out. Absolutely. I mean, I I think I guess in speaking about different states. It is so interesting. These states all, they can have, they have their own legislation. And so everything is similar, but different. So, you know, Georgia has, I just think this is interesting since you mentioned Georgia. Mm -hmm. Georgia has the, the option where colleges can pool some of the earnings up to 75% of the NIL earnings of current student athletes. And they can hold that for student athletes to be shared kind of after graduation. So that's super interesting. There's all these tiny intricacies and I know a lot of states have morality clauses like you had mentioned earlier like no sex drugs and rock and roll Texas you know no firearms and gambling it's super interesting (laughs) what different states find the most important Important. to highlight yeah Mm -hmm. and so the different actually you know what that might be the best answer like the differences in all the states we're going to kind of have right now there's there's 20-ish schools you know going into effect shortly um, a lot of them are already in effect, and there are so many differences that are interesting to kind Absolutely. of follow. And once all 50 are on board, all states, it's going to be kind of interesting. <laughs> and, you know, in these differences, they, they could result in, in differences in, in maybe helping decide where a school, student goes to school. Mm-hmm. I mean, if NIL becomes a big thing, which we, we really believe it will. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so let's finish this up by talking about a few nillies that caught our attention. Oh, for sure. So, um, okay, what no, do you want to talk about? Well, first off, <laughs> I'll tell you that I, if there, if somebody just listened to that and doesn't have a question, like, what is a nilly? Oh yeah, let's let's talk about that. Because it's not even a word, right? That's, we made, it, nilly's okay, a word now. It is. It is now. <laughs> we completely made this word up. A nilly, nil opportunity, nil millionaire. I, there's so many young ways money you go millionaire. With it. Young we're money trying millionaire. to make it work. <laughs> so a nilly is just like an opportunity. Nil opportunity is what we're calling it. And we have some really cool ones. I think this is going to be a good segment for you guys and your listeners out there. It's going to be fun to kind of keep up with just some cool nilly opportunities. Um, so we'll bring these to you every other week when we release our podcast and starting off. Okay, who do you want to talk about first? Uh, well, I mentioned earlier I'm an Auburn fan. Auburn Bo Ni- Auburn's quarterback, Bo Nix, signed a deal with Milo Sweet Tea. So Milo Sweet Tea is based out of Bessemer, Alabama, mm-hmm. which is in the southwest of Birmingham. And they make yum, some yum. fantastic sweet tea if you uh, are a fan of sweet tea. <laughs> and you don't just get it at your table and put sugar in it and call it sweet tea. Oh, you tea. mean tea and then you put Splenda in it? Tea with Splenda, <laughs> yeah. It's kinda, honestly, it's all kind of gross. Everyone does that. <laughs> That's disgusting. Uh, what's next, Chrissy? What about Arkansas, the wide receiver, Trey Knox? Yeah. I love animals. Uh, just partnered with PetSmart. He has a dog named Blue. We'll be, we'll be sure to I'm put a picture of Blue in the show notes. Yeah, yes. you'll see a picture oh, of Blue. Yes, we need Blue. Got to show Blue. And then I really love, so group deals. Yeah, can you talk about that? The, Absolutely. Um, so the NHL is getting into NIL. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the Florida Panthers are going to sign, or I guess, you know, are signing any interested Florida Atlantic University female athlete to an endorsement deal. So they're going to pay these ladies 
um, a little bit of money, and they're also going to give them merchandise in exchange for promoting their NHL team. So they'll be on social media. They can be at in-person events, and they just want these women to generate buzz about the team, which I think is so wonderful. And it's so neat. They're involving everyone. I love the group deal aspect. That's pretty exciting. We'll see a lot of this. I mean, team benefits. You know, we've been kind of on an individual level, but we'll see team benefits. Mm -hmm. You know, what is your team going to get? It's going to be wild. We should name, we should also include any deals that have gone wrong. These are early days. There have been too many, but there have been some. Okay. The Naughty Nillies. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we got the... The Nillies and the Naughty Nillies. Nillies and Naughties. I don't know. (laughs) We'll work on that. We'll work on that, but that will be a segment to come. Okay, so... The Illuminatis. Oh, God. (laughs) They're after us everywhere. All podcasts. That's bad. Okay, Okay, so we're going to have a guest in the next episode. Yes, we're so excited. We're going to be talking with Mark Ingram, the athletic director of the University of Alabama, Birmingham. The Blazers, um, we'll have him on board. We're so excited. He has uh, done some great stuff at UAB, and he's as a D1 athletic director, he's going to have a take. He's going to have so many opinions that we're interested in hearing. We have some great questions for him. We just can't wait to speak with him next week. So we're so pumped about that. Absolutely. And if you have any questions for him, write us. Please. You can um, email us at contact at victoryfy.com. That's contact at, and victoryfy is kind of spelled funky. It's V I C. T-R-E-E-F-I.com. Send us your emails. You can also look us up on Instagram at Name Image Likeness Podcast and shoot us a message. We would love to share your questions with him. And you can also subscribe, rate, and review to Name Image Likeness wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to hear more, we have another podcast. It's called Money on Our Mind. Um, I host it with myself and our other teammate, Gareth. And this is a podcast dedicated just to college students. So we're talking general finance that you face in college. It's pretty fun. It's a great way. Um, It's on all viewers. It's also within our VictoryFi web application for college students. So that's pretty great. And uh, we look forward. If you want to get more, that podcast is out weekly. This podcast is out every other week. So we look forward to speaking with you more. Can't wait. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being a a wonderful listener. We really appreciate the support. Absolutely. And if you're interested in this topic, I'm telling you, it's only going to get crazier. The stories are only going to get better. Stay tuned with us. We can't wait to have you join us. Like and subscribe.